You're listening to We're Big Kids Now, a podcast journey through stories, interviews, life lessons, comedic relief, and most likely some not-so-wanted advice. My name's Joe Alexander, and I'm here to hopefully inspire, motivate, and above all, just have a good time with y'all. So sit back and let's get started. All right. Welcome back to We're Big Kids Now. Um, I guess I still haven't come to my own senses knowing who I'm chatting with today. She's done it all from dancing, acting on stage, TV, film, and an author. I don't think there's much to say, but just help me welcome the beautiful and talented scream queen herself, Dee Wallace. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, Dee. (laughs) So nice to be here. (laughs) I'm excited to have you. You have no idea. I want to even say like... For 52, you're great. Like, you look amazing. For 52, I love you, honey. <laughs> We're going to keep it I there. I love you. You're so sweet. <laughs> We're going to keep Are it you there. That cute? Are you really that cute in person? Of course. <laughs> I do, and I attribute it a lot to my healing work that I do. Uh, well, I love it. We're going to touch a little bit on that soon. But what I want to start off with is let's start off with the D. Wallace from Kansas. So you grew up in Kansas, and... You actually started off in education, right? I did. Um, I was a school teacher. I taught ninth and tenth English and theater. Was it the same high school that you graduated from or no? No, but it was in Kansas City, Kansas, where I went to Wyandotte, and I taught at one of our biggest rivals, Washington High School. It, it was, was it weird? Just like So, hey, you wanted to go into teaching, and you got into drama class, what what kicked into then say, you know what, maybe you just need to go full throttle and just go into like the film career? Oh, you know, I, I think I always knew that. Um, I got my teaching degree mostly. So my mother, who struggled her entire life trying to make a living for all of us, knew I would have something solid to fall back on. But she also was a beautiful actress in uh, Kansas City, did a lot of performances around Kansas City. And that's really where I knew I wanted to be an actress by watching her. So when I told her I wanted to be an actress, it's kind of what she'd wanted to do all her life. Also, well, I was gonna say, even though she was nervous about it, she gave me her blessing and was it, sent me was on it, my way. Was it both your parents that were actually in acting, or was it just your mom? No, it was my mom, but um, really, most of my life was kind of a family affair at church. Mom produced and directed all the religious plays. Uh, Grandma did all the costumes. And Daddy did all the scenery. (laughs) (laughs) So I started out as baby Jesus and ended up as the Virgin Mary before I made my way to New York. (laughs) So I figure I played all the big parts, right? (laughs) That's funny. You went from from playing a holy actress to now becoming into the horror films. (laughs) Yeah, that kind of sums me up right there. Oh my God. No, but that's awesome though. So you got it. You started working into the acting field. Now, when did you move away from Kansas? Did you move out to LA or, or to New York? No, no. I went straight to New York. Never been out of Kansas in my life. Really? And, uh, yeah, moved, moved to New York by myself. No friends, no um, family, no one. Uh, my older brother lived in Bucks County, Pennsylvania. So he wasn't too far away. But, uh, yeah, I pretty much just, uh, 
I, I'm a big believer in naivete, and it was like, okay, I'm going to go be an actress. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> right? But when you're that naive, you don't have a lot of fears built up in you, yeah. and you don't have a lot of expectations that you're, you know, not going to do it. I, I so guess. things just kept falling into my lap, and here I am. Well, I was going to say, when okay, so moving over to New York, what was, I guess, the biggest fear? Were you thinking there was going to be rejection? Like, was it going to be like, you know, could this be a mistake? Okay, you're not going to believe this. I swear to God, I didn't have any fear. Really? Nothing. Uh, I don't remember. I mean, when I got down to my last $4, then I started getting a little, and I called <laughs> my older brother, and he loaned me $1,000. And he said, okay, Pee-wee, but, you know, it, when this is gone, don't call for any more. Yeah. And two weeks later, I booked my first national commercial, which I made $20,000 on for United wow. Airlines. Yeah. But it, it's, And it's then funny. I was off and running. I was going to say, it's funny how just like you you kept your mindset there and it, and it just fell in your lap that way. Now – was that a span of like months or how, how did it pan out when you were, when you moved over there? It, it was literally four months, um, between the time I got there and my money ran out and I booked the national commercial Wow, about four months, which is, you know, I mean, it's quick to get your footing and, um, you know, I met a guy in an audition and we went out and had a drink and he said, you want to come to a Halloween party with me? <laughs> I said, sure. And, um, his agents were there and his agents were with the March Fields agency, which one was one of the biggest commercial houses in New York. And by the end of the night, they said, you know, we'd really like to work with you. Why don't you come by the office, Mindy? And I went, okay, what do you do? <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, I I was so green from Kansas. But I think that's one thing that was always in my favor yeah. is I, I was that new, fresh um, – I trust everybody girl that just landed in town that was a breath of fresh air. <laughs> and then I, you know, I was um, a dancer. So I went to an open call for the Millican show, which was the biggest multi uh, multi-million industrial you could do. And I got a part dancing in that. Well, I thought I'd got died and gone to heaven. I'd never <laughs> been paid that much money, and I got to keep all the clothes I wore. Oh I my mean, God. doesn't get any better than that. <laughs> and um, and I proceeded to book hundreds of commercials, and then I got a job uh, in the Oldsmobile show. So I danced my way across America singing, tie a yellow ribbon round an Oldsmobile. <laughs> and I made it out to California and 
there was a guy who had been in my acting class at Uta Hoggins, and he said, hey, I've got a theatrical agent, you've got a commercial agent, and, you know, if you if you get me an appointment with your agent, I'll get you an appointment with mine, and we both did, and we both got signed. And, um, and, and it's all I mean, it's I'm all telling you, things just, the universe just, led me and took me and I went and everybody said, okay. <laughs> now I, I, I feel it and it radiates from your voice. And I'm going to say you, you always have seemed such a positive person. Have you always been like that since you were a child? Pretty much. Yeah. Um, I, one of my books that I wrote, which is really a, an autobiography of working with all the big directors that I've worked with is called bright light. Yep. And my daddy used to call me, his little bright light. And literally people would come over to us in a restaurant, which we could only afford to go to like once every three months. <laughs> and they'd come over and they'd say things like, your little girl has such a bright light. Could I give her a quarter for the jukebox? <laughs> you know? So uh, you have to understand I was, I was a light in a very, um, creative family, both my parents and my grandmother. Um, but also my dad was a severe alcoholic and, um, ended up committing suicide. So my light got challenged a lot when I was little, uh, and growing up and, but, you know, uh, and th- this is one thing I want to say to everybody listening. No matter what's happened to you in your life, your light never goes out. Mm-hmm. You may turn it down. You may, you know, dim it because you're in fear. But it never goes out, guys. You can always crank it back up there. Yep. Always. It's, it's, it's on a dimmer. It's on a dimmer, but it, it's, it's up to you and how, how bright you put it. Um, that's right. But I, I and that's where like I I loved seeing you on so many films and just okay, let's just name a couple horror films because this is where I say like <laughs> to be against like Jamie Lee Curtis and Nev Campbell as a scream queen, I'm like you were in The Hills Have Eyes, The Howling, Cujo, Critters, The Frighteners. Like those are such great movies and I'm like you're right here now talking to me. Like <laughs> I, you, you have no idea the smile from ear to ear because I've loved all of that. And to know that you have done such amazing work and to be categorized as a scream queen, as such, such a legend actress, it's uh, hands down. You have done an amazing job and you continue doing amazing. Like I, I love your work to the max. Well, thank you. For thank sure. You. Um, and then getting into You're fanboying me I'm on telling you, you have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was gonna say, hitting that role, because this is where I love you from, obviously, E.T. as the mother, like how was that experience coming coming across? Did you know getting that script, like that movie was gonna be as a huge hit as it was? No, honey, you never know. Right? There's so many different things that go in, so many variables, the the script, the cast, the music, uh, the editing for sure, when it's released, how it's released. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
the timing and, you know, you can just do so much to plan the timing. It's, it's just gotta be when the audience is ready for it. And when all those things come together, you have a hit like ET. I knew that it was a very special script when, when I had to go over to the studio behind locked doors and read it. <laughs> uh, and I called my agent and I said, I don't know how much this is going to do for me, but I think it's going to do a lot for the world. And I want to be a part of it. it it's, it, it's phenomenal how it, it held such a great highest grossing film for 11 years until Jurassic Park came along. But either way, you guys held it for so long. And with the star cast that you guys had at that time, acting along with them, did you already, could you see the future in a lot of them? Could you, could you have seen the future of Drew Barrymore? Did you see the way Robert McNaughton was going to be Drew Barrymore alongside with, um, Absolutely. Henry Thomas? Like, is it crazy? Like they, they were all, so incredibly talented. I mean, you know, Drew was just her little precocious self. (laughs) And uh, a a lot of Drew's performance, um, well, we owe kudos to Stephen's directing and knowing how to work with kids so well. But Henry, Henry was an old soul. He knew what he was doing. He had a full emotional life. And he was just a really sweet. I have been so lucky. Henry Thomas, Danny Pintaro, and Cujo. Could you imagine if I had gotten a kid who couldn't act? <laughs> I mean, I would have been SOL. You know. It's true though, but it's like with with the with the casting of who they put together and the dynamic and the just the energy within everyone. It's it it felt so believable, and it was like. I can relate to that family. I can relate to how you were screaming at Elliot when you needed to. Like, it's like everything. It was just, it, it was, it was just phenomenal to watch on TV. And I'm like, till this day, it, it's unbelievable how it's still such a classic. It is. It's our wizard of Oz for sure. <laughs> and you could always say, you know, you're not in Kansas anymore. So look at, look at your life now. <laughs> Either one of us, baby. <laughs> um, I was going to say beyond that. So, you, obviously, you had a, a beautiful daughter as as well, Gabrielle Stone. She also went into the acting as well, right? Oh, yes. We've done a couple or three films together, and she has a best-selling book out now. She's following in my footsteps there, although in very much her own way, called Eat, Pray, Hashtag FML, about her divorce and recreating herself and loving herself yep. again. and. Um, yeah, and we did a, a project together during the pandemic. I called her and I uh, called some of my buddies in the horror r- r- world and I said, you know, I just want to do a short film mm-hmm. just as a gift to all the horror fans to help get them through this pandemic. And so we did this great little film called Stay Home, where, of course, you know, you're supposed to be safer if you stay home (laughs) in the pandemic. So, of course, nobody is (laughs) in the horror film. Um, And we did it all on little GoPro cameras, and we did did it all in our own homes. And um, um, 
Chris Hack and Gabrielle um, directed it and shot it and edited it and put in some special effects. And it's an amazing little film. I got to check that out. It. Yeah, you can find it on YouTube. The, now, with you bringing up COVID, like, h- how are you dealing with it right now? Like, have you been stuck at home? Have you still been working on your project still side by side? Because I know even to this day, you're still doing work. Like you were just on, on, on TV, just working on, was it the, the 911 show? Uh-huh. Like, yeah, I had a recurring on 911. Um, you know, I panicked like everybody when it first hit and all the studios closed. Yep. And then I went, you know, I got a choice. I can either be a victim or I can get up every day and go, what can I still create? Mm-hmm. So I wrote my sixth book. And I did this little short, and things just kept falling from everywhere for me um, in a very safe way to get me through the year. And then um, in December, I I did fly to do a short film. I did another one in January, and I just came back from – doing one in Northern California and then 911 was in there too. So I, you know, I, uh, I have great respect for the rules. Mm-hmm. I always wear my mask. I always wash my hands. Um, I follow the science. I am a big believer uh, in all of that. And, um, it's interesting you know, when people will call me on my show and go, I don't know, Dee, what about these vaccines? And my channel says, look, the whole world came together and asked for a miracle. Yep. We gave it to you. And now you don't freaking know if you want to use it. <laughs> I mean, that kind of sums it up I know. right there. I know it's true. It's 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 weird how how we're seeing just day by day, week by week, month by month, keep progressing um but thinking about that like do you think like what do you think the future of the movie theaters are going to be like like do you th- do you think that's going to be a thing of the past do you think that's something that's still going to be something fearful i think for people? people are going to be so freaking hungry right to get back into those theaters that i hope there's enough product <laughs> because it's like i, I think Seriously. Once, once they say open up and now we're all back to kind of some normalcy i think it's like yeah you kind of want to be out there again you want to be with family friends going out to these movie theaters and creating oh, the bet. memories it's like i mean the two, the the first date night when everything opens up i said to my guy we're going out to a nice dinner and we're going to a movie two two things that i've missed the most it's, so yeah it, i think I think people will be there. I think they'll be ready and hungry to go back. I mean, you know, I have kind of a big screen TV in my house. It ain't nothing like going to see a movie in the movie theater. It's, true. it's just not. It's, I think it's just one, you, get, you also go into that adrenaline, that hype with everybody else, either when they scream, when they laugh, you feel that energy and it makes it feel even better. So it's like, why not? Yeah. I think that at this point, yeah, you know, it's... Sooner or later, I mean, we just have to you open know, up. watching a movie in your front room is kind of like watching a film that you've done with all the execs in the screening room on the studio where nobody reacts. <laughs> 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 it's a lot more fun to see it with an audience where they 
scream and laugh and cry, and then you know, then you've got an idea of what your film's going to do. Being quarantined and all that, are you the actress that also looks at her work? Like, have you gone back and seen your movies again? Or are you like, it's back in the past, I don't look at it ever again? I don't look at him a lot. Um, I watch them um, sometimes with my daughter. Okay. Um. Like the the other night, um, she really hadn't seen because she was too young, you know, um, to see the hills have eyes. And really, when God finished with it. <laughs> she went, God, that is one gruesome movie, <laughs> you know. And I was telling her how uh, everybody did it for a song and a prayer, you know, but we were all starting out. So we were, it was like, I get to star in a film. <laughs> I don't care if I have to drive three hours to get to the set every day. <laughs> and, and we all stayed in one trailer. All the actors stayed in one trailer in the freaking Mojave desert <laughs> and the toilet broke one day. So, uh, uh, I'll just leave it at I spent a lot of time in my car. <laughs> <laughs> would you say would you say it's harder now in the industry to to get these roles to get the to get the big breaks again? Like is it different from obviously back in the day of how you used to work it and then now how it is now? Well, you'd have to ask somebody starting out. Um I would say yes. Right? Even though there's more opportunities because of the SAG deferred and low budget and all that. They're not movies that get shown in a way that are going to, yes, they get you filmed, but no, they don't get your name and your face out in front of the public. Mm -hmm. The way a, a movie that's released on the big screen does, Yep. you know? So, yeah, I think it's it's harder. Um, I mean, all this BS, and it's just a you can say you're going to censor throat. yourself. <laughs> it's it's a thorn in my side. Let me tell you, when they say, "Well, how many social media followers?" and I say, "What the frick does that have to do with how how well I can act?" You know what? And, and I think that is that is what we've become. It is really. Because they know. No, that is not who I've become. I know you haven't, but isn't that really what they're turned into? Because they know that's what's going to sell them. That's what's going to buy these movies. That's what's going to do all this. So if they have a huge following. I, I think more in TV than in film. That's crazy, though. Yeah. Like I mean, you know, it used to be, well, in my naivete, <laughs> it used to be about... Um, how good you were, how right? talented you were, you know. It was really your character. It was the character. It was your personality and how you looked on TV. On TV, like it was. That's what sold. It was your 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 talent. Well, and how real and you know. Um, so yeah, am I a big big fan of the reality shows? Not no. so much. Are we gonna see you on like the Real Housewives? Like, <laughs> are you gonna be maybe on that when I'm dead? <laughs> You could still be on there. I, I would. I would watch you. No, I, I. I'm out trying to do things to raise the IQ. I know. I, I feel like <laughs> this has dumbed everyone down. Like all reality, it's like we're just watching people's drama. It's it's ridiculous. 
Well, because then we don't have to face our own. Honey. It's it's true. When I tell you that my partner, you know? my partner lives watching that, I'm like, I go, you get sucked into that. I can't stand that. Like it's it's nuts. Like it's like background noise. Yeah, I'm. I. <laughs> no, I don't know. Mom's the word. I have mom's the word. kind That's of it. a lofty <laughs> viewpoint that it's it kind of debases the human situation. It does a lot of those shows. But that's very judgmental, and there are a lot of your listeners out there that are going, screw you, D. Uh, Wallace, I really <laughs> like those shows. And, you know, if it makes you happy and it lets you unplug, there's something to be said for the worth of them, but for if, sure. But if D. Wallace tells you not to watch it, don't watch it. Come on, I'm oh, telling you. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, but let's jump into, so you also started your radio show. You, you've, you've been public speaking. You've been like, basically like I would say, we, we say it's a motivational speaker where you've kind of like encouraged people to create their own happiness. Like what, what, what's, what is it that you're doing now? Uh, yes, you hit it pretty much on, on the nose. I, my, I teach a combination of spirituality, religion, and brain science, because I believe they're all saying the same thing. Yep. And um, the title of my new book is The Art of Self-Creating. People don't get it. They just don't understand how to create the lives that they want. And it's really not that hard. But you have to understand the principles. Like, remember in fifth grade they taught us that everything was energy? Yep. All well, energy. energy's neutral. It 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 doesn't have an agenda. It has no judgment. It's neutral. So you can take energy and direct it toward bad, or you can take energy and direct it toward good. It can't direct itself. But if you're not directing it consciously, it will take its direction from the TV, from your little child who learned a lot of false belief systems, from your fears, from your religion that taught you you weren't worth poop. And, (laughs) you know, so you have to be really... Do you know in one hour of TV, you can watch up to 50 commercials all telling you how you're going to get sick, what medicine you have to take, how you might die from the medicine anyway, while you're watching really happy families with dogs running around. So what your brain puts together is, oh, I get it. Being sick makes me happy. Mm -hmm. And if you're not conscious of that, you spend a lifetime taking that on, taking that into your consciousness and accepting it, which allows your energy to be directed and create that belief system. I love it. So, you know, how many of us were taught when we were little, you're special and you're amazing and you can do anything and you're smart and the whole universe just wants to come and work with you and create everything you want. That was throughout all I mean, school. really, yeah. how many of us were taught that other than my kid? No, always. <laughs> it's basically what you were told. You were told that when you were a kid, always, because it was like, you know, there's always that hope. It's like what Disney did. Disney always gave you hope watching those movies. Like, 
it, it, it's that mental state that you were put, put into. And I think growing up, you lose it because now. Well, we're taught to lose it. Yeah. Honey. We're taught to, to minimize our power so that God and society will love us. It's, it, it's interesting. You know, you, you know, one of the main things I was told growing up, because we, I lived in a pretty religious family, mm-hmm. and my grandmother would look at all the wealthy people at our church, and she'd go, they're the rich people, Dee Dee, but we're the good people. <laughs> well, what the hell do you do with that yep. when you star in E.T.? <laughs> and you're catapulted to fame, and you start making all this money, then I become one of them. But you didn't. So, well, I did it, but I pulled back for two or three years, not understanding why I was so afraid. Because it, was it hard to keep your mindset that way? Because you, looking at your history, there was always, I want to say there was something every single year or every other year, you had something coming out. Well, yeah, that, that's what I do. Like I act, but is it hard? That's like saying every day a doctor goes to the office. But it was it hard to not, I guess, not get your mind lost in in that fame, and still keeping yourself grounded. Like was that difficult? Well, I think it would have been, except for the family I was raised in. Okay, and you know you can take the girl out of Kansas, but you can't take the Kansas out of the girl. <laughs> I love you, and. Um, <laughs> I just was raised in in a family, first of all, that was all about family. Yeah. Family first, family first, till this day, that's what my family lives. And I was I was taught to be humble and at the same time appreciate and acknowledge the talent that I had. And um you know, so when I started teaching all this stuff, I remember the first time I did a big seminar on money. They had me take a picture of my daughter at three in her tutu and put it up on stage and and say, you see this? This is the same energy as money is. So when you love money as much as I love my daughter, you'll have more money. Yep. Because money has no consciousness of its own. You know, I I took a few hundred bucks and I threw them on the ground and I said, now watch all the bad stuff that money does in the next two hours. That's true. Because it has no consciousness. Money just does what we tell it to do, right? Yeah, it's where you take it, yep. So it's all up to us, guys. That's good news. (laughs) Well, you are, and I'm going to say it and I'm going to quote it, you are a true bright light. Like, I have enjoyed i have loved what's like let's hold on backtrack let's what's the most randomest thing that a, a fan has ever asked for from you because i'm like i bet you have only like gotten so many things in life uh probably me signing their butt their butt yeah <laughs> did you sign it i mean you asked me <laughs> and did you really do sign it like you, you signed it of course i signed it <laughs> And they and they went and got it inked at the same convention. I can't. That is hilarious. So now every time somebody sits down to take a poo, they're sitting on my name. I don't know what that says, but that just means that you're the shit. I'm telling you right now. Yeah. Good segue, dude. Good segue. Uh. <laughs>
got some technical problem. Problem. All right, so that means that we've come down to the end of our show, and it's time for our final questions. So, D, are you ready? Uh, whatever. <laughs> I love the enthusiasm. Thank you. Whatever. <laughs> All right, so okay. here we go. So the first one is, what makes you happy? My daughter. Your daughter? Yep. I love it. How old is she now? She's like 30? 32. 32. Does she live by yeah. you or no? Oh, yeah. She lives about a half hour from me in L.A. Do you guys do like Sunday nights? Is it like that? Like how close are you guys? We're really close. Really? I we like ant- If somebody asks us a question, we'll answer in the same sentence. It's weird. <laughs> I found some early pictures of me when I was around 32, and I sent them to her, and she went, Oh, my God, Mom, it's me. I said, Oh, my God, Gab, I know. <laughs> Pretty crazy. But, yeah, we all get together for dinner, her guy and my guy and Gab and I, at least once a week. And we talk every day, and, yeah. I love that. I'm going to have to move closer so I can be there every Sunday, too. Um, let's go into, if you can give your younger self one piece of advice, what would it be? Don't change. Don't change. Don't I really, really like who I was and who I am. No regrets? Everything you've loved? Well, sure, there's regrets. I mean, I've done asshole things like everybody, you know, (laughs) we all have regrets in our life, but we're here to learn and we're here to move on. And if you love yourself, you don't keep bashing yourself in the head for all this stuff. You know, you could have made better decisions about you learn from it and you move on. You're going to influence me because I'm so self-critical, but I I always feel like it could have been better. But I, I think I just need to just wing it and just always say it was good. It was just good and just keep going. Yeah, honey, that's just ego. <laughs> no, it is. I just, I just want it always to be the best. I want it to be like, oh, like I wish like oh, it could have taken it to the next level. I'll be the best you. <laughs> I am. I'm trying. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Yeah, and it's going. you are. You know, you're, you know, you are. Um, what would, so if you left this earth, let's say tomorrow, what would be the best word that would describe your life? I lived in love. Lived and loved? I lived in love. I lived in love. Yeah. Truly. Like, I'm telling you, even, like, from strangers, like, everywhere, all around, like, you've, you've done amazing. Like, I, I, I love you. <laughs> I'm just going to say oh. that. <laughs> oh, I accept that. <laughs> it's true. My little heart just smiled big time. But, but you know, I just... I've just learned it's just not worth it to leave the state of love. It's just not worth it. You go down, other people go down. Mm -hmm. You're not happy. You don't create what you want. It's just freaking not worth it. What can I say? Yep. It's true. Um, Well, that's going to wrap up today. And I'm going to tell you that I wish like tons of love your way to continue doing the amazing work that you've done to get the, the feedback, the, the open arms, the, the constant praise for the history you've done for what's coming up ahead, your books, your radio show, everything. I wish nothing but the best for you and continue 
blessings with your family. Um, I want Thank people, you, I want, I, you're very welcome. I want people to follow you. So definitely they're going to check you out on your, on your Instagram. It's at the D Wallace. Um, and then your website is I am D Wallace.com, right? Yes, sir. Perfect. So I want people Lots to follow you. Lots of good stuff on there, there too. There is. Go and check it out. I want people to check that out. Look at the, the, the radio talk shows that you do, the inspirational, motivational pieces that you've put out. Check out your books. Um, but, D, I'm telling you, thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart. I am so appreciative that you took the time today to join us. Um, but I wish you nothing but the best. Is there any well, last Well, we had words? a lot of fun, didn't we? <laughs> I enjoyed myself. I hope if you enjoyed. If we had this much fun every half hour of our lives, we'd be in good shape, dude. I hope so. What would be <laughs> la- any last words you want to leave us off with? Yeah, now I'm going to go drink. <laughs> I'm going to join you, but yes, me too. <laughs> it's but a deal. I'm going to say, and I'm going to end us with how we always end. This is not the end, but more like to be continued. Thanks for listening. And don't forget, always go with kind. Be sure to follow and subscribe on your favorite platform and stay tuned for the next chapter of We're Big Kids Now.